This is Arizona Cardinals running back David Johnson, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert. As we get to the end of July and the beginning of August, it's starting to feel an awful lot like football season. We have today on July 23rd, um, we have the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the the rookies reported to camp yesterday. We have the Falcons rookies reporting today. The Chiefs reported yesterday. The the uh, the the Colts reported yesterday. I mean, as far as the veterans, Byron, it's looking like Wednesday is going to be the day for everybody on the twenty fifth. On the tw- the twenty fifth seems like the popular day. We got the Bills coming in on the twenty fifth. We have the Bengals. We have the Browns. We have the Texans. We have the Colts. We have the Jaguars. We have the Chiefs. We have the Patriots. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, definitely, uh, that's just the AFC. Then in the NFC, the Carolina Panthers on Wednesday, the Dallas Cowboys on Wednesday, the Green Bay Packers on Wednesday, the Rams. Uh, Wednesday, definitely a big day. New Orleans Saints on Wednesday, the Giants on Wednesday, the Eagles on Wednesday, the 49ers on Wednesday. Also, the Seattle Seahawks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Washington Redskins. So if, if you're a veteran, you're reporting to camp either on Wednesday or Friday, unless you've already reported. I'm getting pumped up. It's getting to be the end of July. We only have the rest of July left for you to get a Roster Watch Pro membership for that cheap $3.99 price and get grandfathered in. I've noticed a ton of new uh, subscribers, so we thank you guys for uh, for joining and taking advantage of that, and we encourage the rest of you, if you've considered getting a Roster Watch Pro membership previously, uh, go ahead and get that done now so you can lock in that $3.99 price moving forward with that said byron it was david johnson who brought us in the big names are starting to bring us in as we get into the harder redraft season what the hell's going on with our guy dj well first i i'd like to mention that i know our longtime pro subscribers are well aware of our training camp tour strategy where at roster watch we let the first week of training camps elapse before we enter the training camp fray so that we can bring away meaningful fantasy intelligence for you guys, not just hype from early in camp that's not going to matter three or four weeks later. So that's what's on the dock. And as far as David Johnson, I know everybody's hoping we're going to turn back the clock to 2016, a guy that I was hot and heavy for at number one last year, just a sweetheart of a kid and the consummate teammate, a guy that if you know him as a human being, uh, you're ready to put all your stock in him and ship all your chips to the middle of the table, and that that's bef- that's before you even you know pair that with just how sick he's been in the NFL. Um, so I, I get, I mean, David Johnson, a guy who's kind of ADP, I could see anywhere between one and five. Personally, I have a little bit of a cockamamie argument. I've always said where I I wouldn't be upset if somebody took Saquon Barkley over him, but 
you know, I understand why people are taking him at one. Uh, the concerns are obviously, you know, that offense, that offensive line, coaching changes. I don't think durability is a concern with David Johnson. No, it was a wrist injury. So, I mean, what, if, if, there was, if there was ever an injury that was going to be something that you wouldn't worry about, it was David Johnson's injury from 2017. It's not going to – that's nothing that's going to – Nothing that's going to hurt you. Whenever I look at our uh, some of our tools up for our pro members at rosterwatch.com, and I was telling Byron before we, we came on, I'm doing probably the most in-depth uh, individual tool as far as strength of schedule and projected matchups. I'm doing the top 50 wide receivers, and I'm going through and projecting each matchup uh, that they will face as far as a cornerback wide receiver matchup on the entire season and putting that into a color-coded graph, uh, f- figuring out strength of schedule, fast starts, et cetera, uh, like that. So it's going to be an awesome tool. Um, make sure that you keep an eye out for it. I'm going to try and get it up today here on the, at some point on the 23rd if I can get it finished. But I've been working on this damn thing all through the weekend. Um, but I have some of other tools pulled up here, and we always look for agreement amongst tools whenever we're talking about adjustments to the cheat sheet and uh, overall draft strategy. And when you look at David Johnson and you take his tw- the, the, 20, uh, the, the, the portion of the 2015 season in every game that he got more than eight touches, which was basically every game starting, I believe, in week nine through the, through the end of the season, and then the the, 20, the 2016 season, not counting the 2017 uh, one game where he was hurt the first game into the season. David Johnson has gotten you a monster game, so 20-plus points in standard, 41.6% of the time. That leads all fantasy running backs. He's only gotten you a bust in standard 8.33% of the time. That doesn't lead all running backs, but only Ezekiel Elliott at 3.84% and Le'Veon Bell at 6.45% or ahead of David Johnson in that category. Now, in PPR is where he's most incredible. 52.17% of the time, over half of the time, David Johnson in those games, in that sample, gets you... Gets gets you 25 25 or more PPR points, 52.17% of the time. The next best is Le'Veon Bell at 38.7 over the course of the last two years. And look, as far as bust rate, it's only 8.69%. So again, just behind Ezekiel Elliott at 3.84% and Le'Veon Bell at 6.45% is David Johnson at an 8.69% bust rate. That's less than 10 points in PPR. David Johnson is an absolute monster waiting to happen. But when you look at the offensive line rankings up at rosterwatch.com, the Arizona Cardinals, we, Byron, you and I talked about before, you know, you know, maybe you know, DJ Humphreys, not a bad player. Mike Yupati, you know, was not it? a bad player. Justin Pugh was a, was a, was a first-rounder that they'll have at the right guard. But it's just, it, look, it's the center and the right tackle, A.Q. Shipley and Andre Smith, and then the absolute lack, complete lack of depth uh, that they have at the swing tackle between these guys, Winsel and Holden. Those are two of the lowest-ranked uh, guys that our, that our uh, scouting evaluations even has on this whole entire sheet. We have the Cardinals basically as the one, two, three, fourth-worst offensive line in the National Football League. Uh, so I mean, there's zero chance, it, zero chance Sam Bradford survives the season behind that offensive line in that division. And then what? And then, but so what is that? What does that lack of continuity at quarterback mean for for David Johnson? Does it really mean anything? Well, is there a difference between Josh Rosen and Sam Bradford if you are David Johnson or one of his owners in fantasy? Josh Rosen, a really good NFL quarterback prospect, and certainly. 
make a very strong argument he's the most because we're because we're not going to factor in Mike Glennon here right they're just going to oh, go straight to no. Rosen and NFL right. Rosen I mean and Josh Rosen is the most NFL ready quarterback of of the of the yeah. kids who came out this year so it, that makes a lot of sense I think it's fine I don't really worry about it you know and to be fair I come on these shows all the time hooting and hollering about the Zeke Elliott offense in Dallas I mean, to be fair, this is going to be a David Johnson offense in Arizona as well. Uh, well, but there's there's not a there's not a living legend Larry Fitzgerald in, in that Zeke Elliott offense. That's a Larry, and even David Johnson told you last year when you said, "Is this a David Johnson offense?" He said, "Oh no, this is a, this is a Larry Fitzgerald offense," and that was probably him being a little bit respectful to his elders and, and a team captain and everything like that. But I can't. It's I don't see the dynamic is exactly the same considering that Larry Fitzgerald still is really good. I mean, it just comes down to volume, though, right, is what the bottom line is with that characterization. I mean, David Johnson was – they were talking 25 to 30 touches a game for him in training camp last year. And if he gets that many touches, that's the top of the heap. I mean, that's a – He still wants his 1,000 rushing, his 1,000 receiving. That's a David Johnson offense if he's getting that many touches. But it's – I just don't think I think we, I think we, you saying that this is a Zeke Elliott offense in Dallas is a stronger assertion. Well, the schematically, the in, d- in addition to in addition to the actual volume of touches, it makes sense. But so I, I thought it was interesting that you said that you could take him anywhere between pick one and pick five. Most people would say you could take him anywhere between pick one and pick four. Is that because you might want to slip in Antonio Brown somewhere in there, or because you would want to slip in Saquon, like you were mentioning? Well, there's a fair argument either way. You know, Antonio Brown, I believe that's a conversation on his own because he could go number one in PPR as it is, as a standalone player. So you can't, you, you couldn't argue with it. It'd be a little bit weird, but you could, you just kind of say, ah, you know, this person has a plan. You know? you know, but with the way the ADPs have shaping up, it's clearly the elite running backs and AB right there. So the, to me, the discussion is more like let's just remove Antonio Brown because there's already something cockamamie going on with his ADP. And we're really talking running backs here at the top when we're having this discussion. And in my opinion, look, I'm not trying to recreate. 2016 David Johnson. I'm not trying to recreate 2017 Todd Gurley. The reason we do all this work is to project looking forward. And circumstantially, there's a real opportunity for Saquon Barkley in 2018 to be the 2016 David Johnson. He's going to get massive work and volume like we've seen out of these other elite running backs coming out. He's the most precocious in the PPR game of all of them. He should get heavy volume. You know, we know the Giants have improved that offensive line with our favorite guys. We've beat the Will Hernandez thing, you know, in, in, into the ground. And I just don't see how you can... And they got, it's and a, they got Nate Sauter. And from how the, in the, they, and, they pay him a lot of and money. And how in the hell do you stack the box against Saquon Barkley when you're rolling out Odell Beckham, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard? I mean, you can't. There's no way. So you can't stack the box against the guy. That's a, that that that's a huge. That makes a huge difference, right? Um, right. So I and just think the, he. I, I think and you know. And let's be honest. Is I know we're talking about what we see currently in our evaluation of David Johnson is absolutely astronomical through the stratosphere, through the roof in terms of a player in the NFL. But he came out just a few short years ago. We've evaluated all these guys within a relatively similar window of time, and I mean, there's just no question that Saquon Barkley. It, as an NFL prospect coming out 
miles ahead of where anybody had David Johnson. You know, that's fairly somewhat irrelevant to this point, but you're getting a great player in a good situation that's going to get heavy volume right off the bat. You know, maybe you, David Johnson's big season in 16, was that his sophomore year, Alex? Maybe it'll be Saquon Barkley's sophomore year. Maybe it doesn't get done as Rookie year, but David Johnson was winning you fantasy championships if you held on to him in 2015. But it was awful hard to hold on to him. You know, it was it was it was it was it was, it was hard to start him because don't you remember in 2015 you could have started David Johnson for the whole season and kind of gotten by with it, but he was scoring these touchdowns on like three touches and stuff like that. I mean, that, defenses are going to be able to scheme against the David Johnson. You know volume to some extent yeah, this year. I think well, it's going to be a lot harder against I understand against it's going to be harder to scheme against Saquon Barkley because of the because of the fact that those weapons do exist. And when I'm looking at the strength of schedule tool for our pro members at rosterwatch.com and again, we this tool is something that we use that is not this isn't just fantasy points against from last year. That would be a stupid, worthless tool that anybody could make. This is our private proprietary scouting evaluations on every player in the front seven that's going to be facing these runners. And we take that and we mix it in with a ton of other analytics to get pulled from some of these data feeds that we purchase. And it's an awesome algorithm that spits out the initial strength of schedule stuff that takes into account, you know, like I said, advanced analytics, everything from, um, you know, uh, cool advanced stats all the way to Vegas win totals and game script projections, stuff like that. And the New York Giants have the neither neither the New York Giants or the Arizona Cardinals have or have very good schedules for opposing runners. In fact, the New York Giants, uh, a basically a bottom bottom eight, bottom nine schedule uh, for opposing runners. With that being said, a completely neutral, uh, uh, as far as the fast start, the first four games are all neutral games. And then uh, Saquon Barkley will have three tough matchups at Carolina, at home versus Philly, and then at Atlanta. Whereas the Arizona Cardinals have a small bit easier schedule on the entire season and also have a little bit of a faster start because they get, uh, in the first four games, they have uh, two top 12 matchups in Washington. And look at this, all of a sudden, Seattle's looking to be a top 12 matchup on the ground for opposing runners. And then uh, the Los An- the, the only tough matchup they have in their first four is uh, week two at the L.A. Rams, and that's going to be a, a bottom 10 matchup. And then you also throw in the fact that in week five, David Johnson will get to go to San Francisco that's looking to be a weak matchup again this year. So David Johnson could get off to a pretty fast start. Uh, I don't think that Saquon Barkley is going to get off to uh, that slow of a start, though, because his first four games, as mentioned, not – Great matchups, but not bad matchups either. Just all run of the mill. You know, his his Saquon Barkley's tough his his stretch of tough matchups won't come until week weeks five through week seven, and and those are the weeks that you're you're gonna have to worry about from a matchup perspective. While we're talking a little bit of Giants, can I get to get a, a little bit of love for the Davis Webb hype coming out of New York? You know what I was watching. I was watching a little bit of Davis Webb today because I was watching the new Texas running back Trey Watson. Uh, his highlights from what Cal, it's Cal, right? Davis Webb's Cal in 2016. Yeah, right after Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah, and, and dude, he did. He did have some nice. He had a couple of nice touch passes to that running back Trey Watson that I noticed, and I, I it didn't. It just it took it took me a while to realize. I was like, oh wait, I'm watching 2016 highlights. That's Davis Webb. He looked pretty good. Um, I still I'm not I'm not buying into it. 
I, th- I think that even going back to his high school days, I always said that, that, that that guy just reminds me too damn much of Landry Jones. Well, even if we're not buying into it, my real assertion was that Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman were going to buy into it. I, I knew they were going to buy into that quarterback room. Speaking of uh, speaking of things, I may or may not have been right or and or wrong about. We had a li- Byron. What'd you say? We had a listener correct us. I guess we said on the podcast something about the Chargers not picking up Melvin Gordon's fifth year option. A maniacal, course, a maniacal listener, well, Sean. No, I mean, Sean Enright. He's emailed us yeah, rosterwatch at yeah. gmail to notify us. Hey, but it's like my friends just, always say: if we don't talk shit, it means we don't really like you. <laughs> I guess, man. I don't know the. Um, the uh, the emails always come in whenever we say something wrong. What we should have said is that they didn't extend Melvin Gordon. They chose not to extend him. And and I, I, prob- I probably bumbled it and said something about them not picking up the fifth-year option. The uh, I, w- I went and checked right before we came on. The Los Angeles Chargers did pick up the fifth-year option on Melvin Gordon right after the NFL draft. It was like the day after the draft. The day after they didn't get Ronald Jones in the second round, they picked up (laughs) Melvin Gordon's contract. (laughs) They're going to run that guy into the fucking ground this year, man. They're going to run Melvin Gordon's wheels off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we'll make that correction there. Uh, Anything else on David Johnson before you want to get into – I think you wanted to – didn't you want to, since we're talking about Saquon Barkley, I think he had something on Odell, on, on Odell Beckham. Uh, same news as David Johnson. He's reporting as well to camp and similar to, uh, you know, similar to maybe what a Melvin Gordon or a David Johnson have been hoping for. You know, he wants that big money um, at the end of his rookie contract here. So there was concerns there could be a holdout, but he sounds like he's on his way to camp i mean odell beckham is he being undervalued right now i mean maybe it's just my it's impossible maybe to draft him any higher i just maybe the better way to put it is folks are getting great value on odell beckham in drafts right now among other guys fournette hopkins julio jones these guys are presenting great value right now in drafts we can get him at the how 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 much have you been able to get Odell Beckham at like pick 1.0, 1.12? Or sometimes I see him as 2.01, 2.02. It's because everybody's going nutty about these running backs. People are taking running backs sometimes like Dalvin Cook over Odell Beckham. What do you think of that? Well, let's turn the tables on the argument I made for Saquon Barkley. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to double Odell Beckham all the time if Saquon Barkley gets going. It's going to be hard. To, it's good. Look, and if you're not double covering you know Odell is, Beckham, you're in big, big trouble. Do you know what this means? If Eli Manning doesn't produce a top 15 quarterback year for fantasy this year, he's totally washed. He's done. And so if that's the case, do you think Eli's totally done? And if not, I think at least in super flex leagues, Eli Manning should be your, your second, your optimal, your third quarterback. In, in every single draft, but I think that you could be okay with him as your number two quarterback in Superflex. What do you think of that? Well, mathematically, he should be, and if he falters, Davis Webb is getting the keys to a fucking Lamborghini, man. I, I'd, I, it's a Lamborghini that maybe needs a new rim here or there, and, you know. Maybe he's a paint job, like maybe like a, a little bit of a paint. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite. The, it's not new it's off not, the showroom floor. I mean, Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley, 
Will Hernandez, those those feel like some pretty new toys, man. No, no, it 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 certainly does. I get it, man. And then you, I was just looking at the, I, you know, when I was doing the offensive line rankings. Maybe I'll I'll ask you what what kind of confidence do you have in John Halapio from the 2012 Senior Bowl from Florida? Maybe stepping in it's, as possibly stepping in at the at the starting center there over a guy like Brett Jones. I think he's kind of like an average, you know. I kind of like average. a guy like I like a guy like Jalapio next to a guy like right next to a guy like Will Hernandez. For some reason, that gets me fired. Well, and that's up. a Dave. I mean, yeah, I like it. Those are those guys are dirty from the interior at the Senior Bowl, man. Those guys even the ones with the sloppy up, kind of sloppy bodies. Those guys are good players. Yeah, I just I, I think that I think that that from the middle to the left side of that offensive line for the Giants can be pretty good. The the one real chip in the paint of the Lamborghini you see is over there with the right tackle with 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 Eric Flowers. But you know what? I didn't watch that much of him last year, but I was calling around to some of our our, our scouting contacts in the league, and one of them who we who we have put a lot of trust in says if you watch Flowers towards the end of last season, he was making improvements. So who knows? Um, I still think that, yeah, we can't call it a Lamborghini. And I don't think Davis Webb is getting the keys to the Lamborghini. I think this is all your cockamamie. This is all your, uh, your cockamamie uh, delusional uh, mind here playing tricks and on just you. Just remember that, what episode we recorded this on. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I'm sure that you will not let me forget. That much is certain. The 2018 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Rosterwatch cheat sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Rosterwatch cheat sheet. An expert quality draft is guaranteed. It's magical. It's mystical. It's mythical. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. It is only at rosterwatch.com. All right, and then so talking about guys who are not showing up for training or not reporting to training camp with the others, Josh Gordon, what do you make of his missing uh, the first part of training camp? He says he's going to get there ASAP, but this is part of his program uh, for you know his own mental and overall health. Look, the uh, Rap Sheet came out and said he has not, you know, he's heard from league sources that there have been no slip ups from Josh Gordon. He's kept everything on the straight and narrow. Um, and he's down in, uh, I believe, in Gainesville, Florida. And I took note of the fact that he was in Gainesville. Gainesville, right? He's in Gainesville. And I took note of that because Gainesville was where he received his most recent and, and ultimately what thus far has been successful treatment. I think he's back there getting, um, getting like a refresher treatment to make sure he doesn't slip up during the season. That makes a lot of sense. It's good to see somebody with a plan. You know, everything by appearance is benign, and they're doing a good job of explaining that. Um, my hope is just that there's still enough of a history with Josh Gordon that it will still depress his ADP at least slightly. I mean, that's best case scenario for us because it doesn't change my personal outlook. I'm I'm willing to to roll the dice, you know, right there where we have him uh, currently. I, that's not going to change for me unless we hear some 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 uh, co- news to the contrary coming out to this. So right now, I'm just I'm hoping for a depressed ADP to some extent. So my exposure to Josh Gordon goes up a little bit. 
Uh, I was going to ask you if you ha- if you thought this affected Antonio Callaway's placement at all on the latest update to the Dynasty rookie draft cheat sheet. No, Josh Gordon's going to be fine. Josh Gordon's going to be fine. I love Josh Gordon, man. I can't wait for him to have a monster fucking season. We're going to have a lot of him. I think in the fourth round, for the, for the fourth, fifth round turn, I think, he's, I think he's an excellent option. I love Josh Gordon. I mean, we're he's trying, to fucking, we're trying to fucking win, man. I'm trying to win a championship, dude. I'm not, try, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to sit around and try and win second. I want to win that goddamn thing. Josh Gordon is a beast, dude. He's a freak. He's the ultimate freak. And when you look at, uh, let's just, uh, Josh Gordon, as far as his, you know, as far as his fantasy schedule, no true X wide receiver on this strength of schedule tool is going to have a positive strength of schedule. The only guy that's like a true wide receiver one, I think that's going to have a positive strength of schedule on here is a Keenan Allen, just because he plays so much out of the slot. His, his Keenan Allen schedule, by the way, just as a quick teaser for this, looks like it's going to be very, very good on this sheet. But Josh Gordon, man, he's got, he's got a number of um, – he has a number of – uh, games on this schedule that are aren't necessarily against the toughest, you know, of the of these guys. Like he gets to go against Steven Nelson, who's an easy matchup. Whenever uh, they go against Kansas City, he's gonna get to go up against guys like Brett Brent Grimes once. He gets Morris Claiborne uh, once. He gets uh, let's see, is this Josh Josh? Gordon? I mean, he's a matchup. He's gonna get basically. he's gonna get he's gonna get guys like. Uh, James Bradbury, who he can absolutely murder. Aaron Colvin, who's going to be no match for uh, for that guy. So even though he's got to face the William Jacksons of the world twice, uh, he's got to face the Jimmy Smiths of the world twice. He's going to get uh, Marshawn Lattimore early on. Not worried about Josh Gordon's schedule. He can beat these dudes, like you said, absolutely matchup proof. So not worried at all about Josh Gordon. We're getting a ton of him using the PPR cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com. I have a couple questions about version 2.5 of the cheat sheet that I wanted to ask you that I asked Trashman yesterday on the Sirius show. Okay. One of them has to do with uh, the strength of schedule tool up for the running backs, and it has to do with Isaiah Crowell because the New York Jets have by far the best schedule for opposing runners and the fastest start for opposing runners of anybody in the National Football League. The New York Jets running backs have the best schedule for fantasy of anybody in the National Football League. Uh, The Houston Texans are in second place, and you can see the whole list by going to rosterwatch.com. My first thought whenever I saw this was, God damn it, it's always the teams of players with players that I don't like (laughs) that are the highest on this strength of schedule tool. But it made me start thinking, Isaiah Crowell has an ADP right now at the eighth, ninth round turn. Shouldn't we be thinking more about that? Well, it wouldn't be any other way, right? You know, this is just it's the just way, of it course, always it is. always is going to be, right? It's never you slap e- your head and you say, God damn easy. it. Why couldn't it be that never somebody who easy. I love, like, you know, the late round guy that I love, like, um, it's just, I, don't even, I don't even know, something like, you know, Royce Freeman or the Broncos have a – I think the Broncos actually do have a, have a pretty good – a schedule as far as a fast start. You but, know, you're but, you're right to. I mean, you're right to be considering this just in terms of the circumstances and situationally. And when eighth, you look at those matchups, turn, the eighth ninth round turn. And Trashman actually gave some stats yesterday about Isaiah Crowell and what he's been able to do. Basically, every like I don't know if this is true, and and somebody will fact check check us 
um, on Twitter like they did with the Melvin Gordon slip-up I had the other day. But Trash Man says Isaiah Crowell's never missed a game in his career. And then he, he just he talked about Isaiah Crowell's general efficiency to be a pretty good low-end RB2, you know? And, and now they certainly brought him in to do something there for the New York Jets. They didn't bring him in for no reason. Bilal Powell's about to be 30. Uh, even Trashman, who's the original uh, Elijah Maguire truther, uh, d- thinks that Elijah Maguire is more of a replacement for Bilal Powell than he is for uh, anything that Isaiah Crowell would be doing. What do you think of the fact that Isaiah Crowell has more top eight matchups that is for opposing running backs than anybody in the whole National Football League. And in some of these games, he's probably going to have decent game script because, uh, I mean, the New York Jets aren't going to be any good, but are, th- are they going to be favored against Miami? Maybe. Cleveland? Maybe. Uh, they're going to get Miami twice. Buffalo? They're going to be favored against both those guys possibly twice. You know, they only have two tough games on this schedule, and that's uh, and that's at home versus Minnesota. So at least you get Minnesota at home, and then Green Bay, who I think even their strength of I think Green Bay, as far as uh, how they're showing up, as far as strength of schedule for running backs on this tool, could be a little bit fraudulent once the season starts. They're also going to have to go to at, they're, they're also going to have to travel to Tennessee, which 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 is going to be a tough matchup. But other than that, it's just a bunch of neutral matchups and a bunch of top eight matchups for Isaiah Crowell. We can get him at the end of the eighth round, beginning of the ninth round should I be pricing him in on the cheat sheet to where if Isaiah Crowell falls to say pick eight points uh 8.9 or 810 that we just get him well see I I understand why you're thinking about him a lot here and I I like that you've identified the value because I I definitely agree with it I think the reason that maybe I'm not thinking about it a lot is just because I don't really like him if his ADP goes up much higher well, what, so what about the, uh, okay? But yeah, if you're in round eight, if you're like if we're if you're getting in round eight, late round eight, I think that's fine. It's when you're starting to push to if that ADP starts to rise up to round seven or something like that. It's just when I'm, I, you know, what is going to make Isaiah? What is going to make Isaiah Crowell's ADP rise? What is going to make Isaiah Crowell's ADP rise? Nobody else knows of this. I mean, we have. I mean, our our our, our pro members know this, but it, it's it's not going to make national headlines that 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 our awesome strength of schedule tools identify the New York Jets as having the best strength of schedule. Like, there's not going to be any good reports about Isaiah Crowell. Nobody wants to roster any Jets. I don't think his ADP is going to rise. Well, I think it's a sharp play then. Okay, so let me ask you this then: Do you think that? Do you uh, all right? Do you like Isaiah Crowell or Rex Burkhead better? I'll probably roll the dice on Isaiah Crowell. Okay, so I, but I think those guys need to be basically kind of back to back. So now we need to talk about. I think that with the news of we didn't even talk about the news of Jordan Howard looking like he's looking really good and, and as a, as a three down option and has improved as a pass. They catcher. said that last year. They said that yeah. last year. Okay, the well, guy regardless. can't frame that. He can't frame a football I in think, live I, in live action. I still think even with that news and just in general, I. I think that the ADPs are wrong having Tariq Cohen go ahead of either of those guys. Yeah, so, I, I, that's, and, and go, I agree And going ahead of C.J. Anderson. So if we take the C.J. Anderson, let's just talk about C.J. Anderson, Rex Burkhead, and Isaiah Crowell. How do you, how do you stack those guys up? Um, that's easy, easy for me. I like C.J. Anderson very clearly at the top of that heap. I feel like I know exactly what I'm getting. 
I like Crowell and Burkhead back to back. Probably roll the dice on the upside of Crowell. It's funny that you uh, say that because Rex Burkhead has more upside, right? He plays well, in a better Crowell offense. What if Crowell cements himself like with a pretty good role with volume consistently? That'd right. be a nice player to have on your roster. Yeah, and PPR Burkhead, I get it. You know, just hearing a lot of Sony Michelle talk right now after he finally inked his rookie deal. You know, you still got James White around there. You know, and then you look at the depth chart and you still see names like Brandon Bolden and Jeremy Hill. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. I want to see how that thing shakes out a little. I, I like Rex Burkhead in best ball. Okay. Crowell has a maybe a little bit of a better chance to be like a solid weekly play, at least, at least maybe for a stretch during the season. But, you know, we're talking about the PPR sheet here, too. And so if that's the case, you know, Burkhead has, you know, would get a lot of consideration. What do the ADP say on those two guys right now? Uh, these, I don't the AD, I don't I don't have ADPs pulled up. I can do it real quick. Um, I think that they're all sort of around one another, but we can split the hairs. Let me just see here. ADP overall for PPR. Um, okay, so what's this? Okay, uh, so Crowell ADP is ninety two. Uh, Rex Burkhead is ninety seven. And there you go. Um, what was uh, who was the other one we talked about? So CJ CJ Anderson. Is one oh seven. So I, I might wow. just rank. I might just rank them by average draft position. Wow. On, just to get to get that leverage on the what sheet. What a steal on CJ Anderson. That's PPR. He's getting tilted down. Obviously, because of McCaffrey. I, well, so that's do like, reasonable. Do you, like, do, you, do you like all those guys better than Duke Johnson, Tariq Cohen, or Tevin Coleman? I like CJ Anderson at the top of the heap. I understand, but. I'm not, I'm so just then it's down to Burkhead. Guys. Hold on, Burkhead, Crowell, Duke Johnson, and Tarek Cohen. I like Duke Johnson. I like C.J. Anderson and Duke Johnson. And then it goes Burkhead, Crowell, and Cohen. And then I'd probably go in that order: Burkhead, Crowell, Cohen, or you know Crowell, Burkhead, Cohen. Cohen would be at the end of the group. Starting to turn sour on Tariq Cohen, are you? Not sour. It's just he is what he is, right? I mean, that there's so many mouths to feed in that young and burgeoning offense. And, you know, Tariq Cohen, let's, he, by the end of the year, last year, people were having to drop him. He's just he's, – he's good in spots, right? He's good in spots. I think some of these other guys have a little better of a chance to be a more predictable, consistent play, uh, you know, throughout the season. Yeah.